Welcome to a Rocky Star Podcast. This is Brian Argot. On a Rocky Star Podcast, I bring on professionals from all around sports. We always talk sports about their life stories, and we actually get into some sports as well. We talk NFL, we talk baseball, we talk basketball, and we do we dabble in some boxing as well. Today, we are doing things a little bit different. My guest today was a former cheerleader for the Phoenix Suns. She talks about her fun experiences and the lessons learned from working with the Suns and all the players in the organization. Her name is B. Evans, and I'm glad to call her a friend of mine. She tells us about the, her experience with her run-in with Shaq after he barreled into the crowd on a night game. It's a funny story, and you'll hear that in the show. I'll be posting a YouTube link to that in the show notes, and I'll be sharing it on social media, so look out for it. And also, B is doing a lot of incredible things. She just founded her new company, Tear Out the Tags. She's the host of her new podcast. And she is also doing tryouts again for cheerleading for the Denver Broncos this time. She's doing this and she's proven that she could just do this at a later age in her life. She's proving it for herself and for others out there that it's never too late to go back and do what you want. I'm happy to bring this episode here with B Evans. How'd you get started in sports? You know, I grew up an athlete, but when I got into high school, I started having the desire to try dance and cheerleading and um, gymnastics. And so I considered that part of my athletic background. And eventually that led me to audition for the Phoenix Suns cheerleaders and danced for an NBA team and also an an NFL team, the Arizona Sidewinders um, or the Arizona Rattlers, if you if you're familiar with that. So I think I've heard of them. I want to, before we go there, I want to go back to uh, when you were uh, trained for an athlete, how did an athlete kind of help you in your development growing up? You know, I think that being an athlete and being a part of team sports is such a um, necessary part of a child's development. Um, team sports are so important because they teach you you know, how to be humble and how to work in a team setting. They teach you a lot of amazing skills that you go, you know, you take through life. Um, But also I think doing athletics on an individual level also, because you have to be more resilient. It's all on you, the performance aspect. So in a lot of ways, um, I see this, the team sports athleticism really contributed to my strength in being a performer in some of the more, um, performance-based sports like cheerleading and dance. And so, um, you know, I was, I was a really well-rounded, um, athlete. That's sort of sense. And that, that helped you into going into, or getting into next and cheerleading, working with the, the Phoenix Suns. How did that uh, opportunity come about? You know, it was really cool. Actually, I was dancing for the Arizona Rattlers And that was kind of an accident. I had just moved back to Phoenix from Durango, Colorado, and um, tryouts were like two weeks later. And I thought, you know, how fun would that be to dance after high school? And so I went to the audition and I made it and had just an awesome year. Great girls, um, really a fun organization to dance for. It was kind of a hard rock style dancing. And so (laughs) Um, it was just a really fun style and the games were a ton of fun. The fans were unbelievable. Um, and so at the end of that season, I was approached by the um, game, the game entertainment folks with the Phoenix Suns, who were sort of also involved with the Rattlers organization. 
And they just kind of, you know, prompted me, are you planning on trying out? And of course I was. And so um, they asked me if they would allow me a camera crew to follow me through the audition process. And I was, of course, blown away. I was absolutely please, you know. <laughs> and um, at the time, the, um, gosh, the, so the Cowboys cheerleaders, that show had just started. And it was, you know, reality TV was kind of kicking off. And that show was not all butterflies and, and rainbows. Like some of those girls got, you know, cut on TV. And, and so my expectation was, you know, this doesn't mean I'm automatically on the team. This is, this camera crew is going to follow me through my experience. And there will be several other girls, um, showcased. Well, it ended up not being the case. The entire special was on me and my experience and um, followed me through the audition process and sort of showed fans what it was like to go through the process and the audition. So it ended up being a really neat memory and a really neat um, experience to have that on on video. So, And that was the first year I made sense. Yeah. And that's a more positive feeling than actually going on a show and they're following you around and you, you have the possibility of getting cut from, from there. And when, when you're going, when you're going through these trials, like what's going on through your head, like, um, you know, as you're, as you realize like what they're filming this all for, like at that point, did you know that you're going to make the, the team, the cheer team? No, I didn't. And I actually didn't know that I was the only um, dancer really filmed through the whole process until the oh. special aired. And so I, my impression was this is make it or break it. They're filming this at, you know, whatever I perform like is going to be shown for everyone to see. And then I either will or will not be shown at the end as uh, one of the members of the new squad. So it was a lot of pressure. It was very nerve wracking. They came to my home and sort of did you know, in-person interviews after and before tryouts and really walked through the process. And it is an, an incredibly intense process. There's, um, there's a lot that goes into the brand and the makeup and the hair and um, the outfits. And, you know, there's a lot of pieces and details that I don't think a lot of people realize are part of the journey. And so it just kind of showed fans like what, what goes into this for us. An audition. Well, what was your family thing when you were going through this process? My family was super supportive. Um, my brother's a huge sports junkie. Uh, my dad loves sports as well. And so, um, you know, it was just a really neat experience. I think my mom's biggest concern was not being featured on the show. She She's very shy, so she did not want to be shown, you know, on my <laughs> in-home visit stuff. So, Did you grow up a big sports fan yourself? I did in that my brother was an athlete and I just thought he was super cool and wanted to be just like him. So to be honest, like the first set of sports that I played were really because he was an athlete and he, um, you know, was, was naturally really good at athletics. And so it was natural for me to sort of attempt to follow in his footsteps right. while, you know, my, my softball skills were probably not nearly what his baseball skills were, but it was, it was a good and necessary part of my development through athletics and dance. So, so now that now that you had made the team, you're going through this time. How long did you work with the Suns as a dancer? I was with them for two years. 
two years. What was that? What was that overall time like there? Um, it was one of the most energizing and exciting experiences of my life. And, um, I got to meet some really amazing people. I got to interact with some celebrities that, um, you know, you, you don't always get to meet in other settings. I got to travel and do some really neat, um, like appearance type settings and, um, and just being a member in the community and being able to do some charity work with the organization. I think across, um, all of the professional sports organizations, they do a very good job of having, um, not only their players, but their team staff and their game entertainment really reach the community and do a lot of amazing things within the community. That's awesome. And this is about, if I remember, we talked before, it was a little bit 2007 or eight when this, when you're going through this time? Yes. Yes. It was 2008. Well, 2006 to 2009 was my pro dance career. Okay. And then you're, you're so I'm old. Don't call me out on you're, that. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not old by any means. <laughs> look, look great. People, people are like, wait, what? You're how old? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, but, um, through that time, the Suns are one of the best teams in the West at that time. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of spotlight going through them at that time. Cause once yeah. probably Steve Nash leaves 2010, 11, the team kind of just falls off for this next last, this last decade, at least. Yeah, and they uh, had some hard years for sure. <laughs> and then what was it like when they were in that winning culture, you know, with the team, do you have any stories for us? Yeah, no, I do. You know, we had a class act team of not only amazing athletes, but amazing people. And it was really inspiring to see how the different players on the Suns organization at that time, how they treated the people around them. And so, you know, my claim to fame is that I was featured on the number one play of the week on SportsCenter. It was maybe the only time in my life my brother was like super, super proud to say I was his sister. <laughs> and the reason that I was featured now, I this is sort of sarcasm because I was behind the bleachers, you know, this the first three rows of the audience right. when Shaquille O'Neal launched himself over that three rows. And I, I sort of defensively <laughs> caught his head in my pom poms thinking like, this is one of our very valuable players. This is very scary to have the kind of weight and size that he is barreling at me. But but like, I must do something to protect this person's head, right? And so the way that Shaq would entertain the audience and the way that he would treat you when you got to interact with him was just, um, it was what you would hope that professional sports and entertainment is. And so um, you know, Steve Nash is a class act. We had a lot of amazing players back then. Grant Hill was one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. And Shaq being a now a TV personality on TNT. I mean, you know, he's, he's just a, he's a class act, you know, he's, he's a very like humble guy in, in sort of senses. And then he, he's a clown in another sort of sense too. That he just likes the joke and all that. So it's kind of funny. I mean, God, 300 pounds, seven footer coming at you and, you know, you have the instinct to, you know, help him. Did he thank you for that? Uh, you know, he's so on to the next thing, but he's so comical <laughs> about it, right? So, of course, he turns around and kind of makes a joke. He's 
everything I've seen of him and, and not just when I was with the sons, but since then he's a comedian, his absolute joy in life is getting people to laugh and really, you know, bringing that connection and joy with people. Um, and he does, he just doesn't take himself too seriously. So. Yeah. And that's, you could really appreciate someone like that. You know, I think that's what uh, kind of life's about, not, you know, taking things too seriously and always being a professional while doing that. Yeah, sort of definitely. Do you think, uh, so you had those moments working with the sons, what, uh, what sort of things do you guys do among the community that you were mentioning earlier? You know, we do a lot, a lot of, um, businesses and organizations will bring us in to kind of pr help promote and help kind of paint, um, just a positive light around their company. We did a lot of charity work. We did a lot with um, the Children's Hospital in Phoenix and um, and just a number of really cool events. I was actually on the Suns. Um, I was a Phoenix Suns dancer when we had the Super Bowl in 2009. And at the same weekend we had the, it used to be called the Phoenix Open, but at that time it was called the FBR. Um, it was a huge golf tournament in town. And in that same weekend, also, we had NBA All-Star Game. So wow. that was by far one of the most exciting weekends. There was so much going on in the city. And we we were really blessed to be super involved in a lot of the really neat events and um, concerts and things that were happening. Yeah, I remember that year, the 2009 or 2008 Super Bowl. I forget what it was. But it's a beautiful stadium there. Phoenix is a, a great area for sure. Yep. Yeah. And uh, go, going from there, like what did, how did that experience working with the Suns and, you know, dancer help you in your career now? You know, it's interesting. Um, there were positive, positives and negatives to the kind of feedback that, um, that you get when you are in a position like that. Some people think it's a really neat thing and a huge accomplishment to be a professional dancer or cheerleader. And some people sort of put you down for it. So yeah. I share a lot of times that there's three questions that I got asked very regularly. Um, and I've actually pulled this with other professional cheerleaders. And it's, it is common with every girl you ask. The first is, you don't make a lot of money doing this, do you? And it's always asked in a very assumptive way where they're already telling you, you don't make money at this. Why are you doing it? Um, the second is, do you hang out with the players? And... Um, you know, it's something that people are just really curious about. And the third is, are the girls drama or are they unintelligent? And I always found all three of those questions to be um, quite repetitive, but also quite demeaning because the message that it yeah, sends. Seriously. Yeah, the message that it sends is be because you're not intelligent and you aren't capable of getting a real job and making real money. You're just here to hang with the players and score some kind of, you know, like networking connection so that you can just be taking care of the rest of your life. And I think if there's one thing that I want people to know about professional cheerleaders, most organizations actually require you to have a college degree and a full-time job. So we were surrounded by women who were chemical engineers, who were nurses, who were teachers, who were highly educated business owners um, models, you name it. Like these women, Phoenix Suns and dancing for the NBA and many other teams, 
it's just the beginning of some really amazing platforms and some really amazing work that these women do. Yeah. So, so you're telling me that to be a chiller, you actually have a, you have to have a full-time job. It's not like, it's not like someone's part-time job while they're going to school too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all of the organizations that I'm aware of require you to be either a full-time student or have a full-time job. And with the MBA, that's pretty incredible. It is. It's, it, it's a lot of work because with the MBA, as you know, there's a lot of games. So if you count preseason and, and postseason, um, given that you're part of a good uh, competitive team, <laughs> it, it's a lot. It's a lot. You can have three practices a week and sometimes up to four games a week. And so on top of your full time job, it's it's a you got to have a lot of energy to do that. Yeah, seriously. And like you mentioned there, definitely the energy comes into play. And you have to be flexible. Has uh, being flexible like that uh, been able to help you transition into your career? Yeah, now? definitely. Yeah. Um, it really pushes you to be a high achiever. You know, I, I, and all of the women that I danced with have accomplished so much in their careers um, and also in their family lives. Many of them have gone on to be working moms and own businesses and be juggling a lot of different elements in their lives. Um, I'm actually having a dancer on my podcast here shortly who um, has a really neat story and she's a, a very well-known influencer. And so, you know, it's just, it's incredible how misunderstood the performers and the entertainment, the game entertainment are. Yeah. To be honest, I never quite understood, you know, how, because I would think it's a part-time job or something or, but it's just much more than that. If someone's going to school full-time and doing that or working full-time and partially going to school and being a dancer. I mean, that's, that's hard within itself because as you mentioned, it's, it's very demanding. I mean, how many practices do you guys say you do a week for? There were two to three, depending on where you were in the season and how many games you had. And traditionally we would repeat dances pretty rarely. We learned um, and we did between two and three dances a game. Um, and then in addition to that, you have the timeout dances. And so, you know, it's, ever-changing content as far as performance and formations and things like that. And then we would always be involved in the different timeouts and the different events that would be like all over the stadium. So you would leave the court from a dance and you would race through the back, you know, the background of the stadium and you'd have to be on, you know, an upper course level for a timeout and then back down for another performance. So, you know, it's a full, probably close to 10 hour day by the time you get on court, do your rehearsal, get your hair and makeup done. Um, we did, we always did doors to welcome fans into the arena and really be a part of their experience. And then you go through the whole game, all your performances, and then post game, we would do some fan interaction as well. So it's a big job. Yeah. And w while watching a game, it's just something that you just never think of. Like, you know, when the, when the cheerleaders or dancers will come out and, you know, do that. It's like, you never think about all those loops and bounds that they have to go through to make that moment. Perfect. It's kind of like if yeah. you're watching a concert, you know, or something like that, it's like, they make it look so easy, but the amount of prep that it takes, I mean, it's just, it's, it's truly remarkable. And like, just something that you have to go deep behind the scenes to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our job is to come out and look polished, poised and unified. 
And if we haven't done that, then we're not doing our job. So we, you aren't supposed to see the background noise, right? You're, and that's <laughs> really the same for the players as well. You don't see them let down. You see them give 110% when they get on that court and you see them leave it all out there. So. Yeah, no, that's so true. What advice would you have for someone trying to break in right now to be a dancer? I mean, post COVID, like once, you know, there's actually fans and uh, he's back in the arena. What kind of advice would you have for a dancer uh, if they're looking to break into the industry? Well, I would say, firstly, you have to push through a lot of the insecurities that you have to overcome. It is super confronting to show up and compete with 250 to 500 women, depending on, you know, who's showing up for tryouts. Um, Funny enough, this year I tried out to be a Denver Bronco cheerleader. So it was a, um, a huge overcoming for me of the tag that says I'm too old to do this. And so, um, I made finalists and due to COVID, they, they made some decisions to make sure that everybody was safe and they invited some of their, their veterans back, but it was such a neat experience. And if I was telling any um, of the women who would like to be a part of an organization like this, it would be to show up being authentically you and create relationships with the women that are standing next to you. Because at the end of the day, if you go in with this competitive caddy attitude, um, nobody wants to work with you and they're going to see it. And truly the friendships and relationships that I was able to create through the audition process even were so valuable and are still in my life today. So I'm all about relationships though. So that's like my superpower is connectivity. (laughs) No, I I love it. And that's one thing I always push is, you know, networking and relationships. You can never, that can never be repaid. It just, and you have to do that over time, as you had mentioned, you know, it's something that, you know, we can't just like, if we are in a moment of need, it would reach out to somebody. They're like, who the heck are you? But if you have maintained your relationships over time and start building those foundations, you know, those pe- people like are going to be like, Oh yeah, what do you need? I got you. Or, you know, how, how can I help you out in some sort of way? And you, so you had sort of mentioned you got into my next question of your process now that you're, you're going through with the Denver Broncos and like how how has all that been able to transition to where you are now? How you're trying to you go back? You know, what kind of mindset did you have to push to break through to go back and want to do that? This year was so unique because it was a virtual audition, and so all of the rules oh. were sort of thrown out the window. And in some ways, it was less pressure, and in some ways, it was a lot more pressure. Right? It was a completely different experience having to videotape and submit. Um, due to the COVID regulations. Um, and it was actually, it was really fun. And I'm, I really applaud the Denver Broncos cheerleaders for the way that they pivoted in a time where um, auditions were in early April. And so, I mean, COVID was really just happening and, and they were doing with what information they had and, and led us through a very structured and fun audition process. So, you know, the the Denver Broncos cheerleader organization is one of a kind. And truly, if I were going to do this at this age in my life, it would need to be with the right organization for the right um, for the right connections and experience. And I would be very honored to do it next year, given that COVID is 
um, you know, dissipated or changed, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. You had mentioned that you, they were doing this back in April and, you know, at that time there wasn't even sure there was going to be a season, you know, baseball season was most likely about to be canceled. And then, you know, fortunately enough, you know, everyone was able to find a way and, you know, it's still going through COVID complications right now with the, you know, the season every week, there's some new amount of COVID cases. And so you mentioned that it was a lot of this was done virtually. How is the virtual experience um, compared to the real life experience? It was just really unique. And and everyone sort of did it different. Some ladies chose to do it sort of in their living room. Some ladies went to like a gym and, and filmed theirs in a dance um, space, you know, like a yoga studio. I right. did mine in a in a dirt field, which, by the way, it's very hard, <laughs> very very difficult to to do turns in a dirt field. Um, but didn't stop me from making finals, though, so that has to be a good thing. But you know, I wanted kind of the the Denver, the you know Rocky Mountains in the background, and sort of that feel of of where we live. So, but it was just fun. It was kind of allowed you to step into your creativity a little bit. Um, it gave you a little more time to prep. And I will tell you, as okay. a as someone who's been through a traditional audition, there's a lot of pressure showing up in person and really competing live. Um, like when it comes to your actual performance and audition in a live audition, you, you choose, you know, you have a number and they call your number and you're on and you've had just a short amount of time to learn the dance and perform it. So it is, a, it is a fun and exhilarating experience. And so you mentioned you, well, you're doing this, you're doing this in the dirt field. Are you doing this live with them watching or are you recording yourself doing this? We were able to record ourselves. So I was lucky okay. enough to have a friend who's a videographer who did my video for me. And, um, he made me look like a rock star, which may have been the only reason I made finals. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that, that's awesome. I mean, I love the creativity behind it because instead of doing it in the living room, like, look, I'm, I'm bringing Denver to you in this video. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, I'm in my thirties. I need the, I need someone to give me some good lighting. <laughs> <laughs> the, just in general, that, that amount of pressure, that's, that's pretty difficult. <laughs> I mean, yeah. to make the finals, that's amazing. Especially during a time when it's COVID, you know, I can imagine that they might not, do they have full staff right now for the dancers? You know, um, they invited back their team from last year and I believe they had 21 that returned. Um, but they're very limited in how they are able to perform based on the regulations for the arena. But they're doing a fabulous job and they're really reaching um, their fans on social media. They're doing an excellent job of making people feel supported and, you know, cheered on during COVID. I've been really impressed with watching how the organization has handled it. Yeah, that's that's definitely one thing. It's like, you know, how it's been able like how, how COVID has really impacted the game it's definitely become a big fan interaction through social media and through sport, the sports apps and all that. And so it's been incredible because you, they all come down within team organizations and that's, what's been the, you know, very personable for a fan, you know, even such as myself, like I've been, I've enjoyed some of the stuff like the Philadelphia Eagles have done uh, throughout this whole season. So that's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's amazing to see how um, a lot of different organizations have pivoted during this time and really, you know, helped kind of encourage and, and bring joy to our lives still. Yeah. And so, you know, post-career, after becoming a dancer, you you went off and started 
or in par partnered in your own company. And now you're creating the Embolden label, which tell us all about that. Yeah, the Embolden label <laughs> is an organization that brings courage and confidence um, to cheer people on, to help them do things that they, you know, they've either forgotten about because they feel too old. So there's that, there's that tag again. Um, <laughs> and so we're all about empowerment. And um, the first mission that we have is called Tear Out the Tags. Tear Out the Tags was really born from feeling like you have to wear a lot of different hats or satisfy a lot of different needs that other people have for you. And you sort of reach this period in your life where you go, gosh, you know, like, what is my identity? Who am I? What, what do I really stand for? And it was, um, I worked in oil and gas for many years, but I also had that experience as a professional cheerleader. And being able to go through those between those two worlds at the same time was challenging because each one was very easily branded and, um, you know, very easily, very easy to make assumptions about. And so um, a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to facilitate a training with a, a very large organization in Los Angeles, and it was way outside my comfort zone. So I was told I had to have a business suit. And so I packed up everything I needed flew to LA the morning of the training, got in my business suit and mind you, like that's not my wardrobe. So I put it on and I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. I'm going to kill this today. Like this is, I'm going to show everyone that I can just, you know, nail this opportunity. And I left feeling so confident, but shortly after being buzzed through security, I realized there was this like heavy, thick tag that was like had embroidery on it on the back of my blazer. And that tag itched and scratched at my neck all day long. And it was such a distraction. And, and luckily, I was able to really push past it and, and really felt accomplished at the end of the day. But when I walked out of there, I realized it was such a metaphor to the labels that we collect through our lives, how we, you know, the world is turning around us, we're making relationships, we're going through experiences on a daily basis, and we're being cast with all these labels all the time. And so we make a choice to pick up those labels and attach it to ourselves. And depending on our core personality traits, some of us are more susceptible to attaching tags that don't fit us and that satisfy a role that someone else wants. Um, and sometimes if you're not susceptible to picking up those tags, it might mean you're handing them out to people, right? It might mean you're the opposite person. And so that's where Tear Out the Tags was born. Um, and I, I'm going to tell you this. I've never shared this on a podcast, but it took 13 years for somebody to ask me this question. And the question is, what was your favorite part of dancing for the Phoenix Suns? I have not ever had anyone guess this correctly. And I'm going to tell you the answer. Okay. Unless you want to guess. Do you want to guess first? Your favorite part of dancing? Um, I don't know. Being in the zone. I'll go with that. Okay. So my favorite part was throwing t-shirts. I am not even <laughs> kidding you. I would hurry through my hair and makeup in order to have enough time to go sit with the other game up, the other game entertainment kids. They were like our dunk squad kids. And we would all re-roll our t-shirts tighter and wrap big rubber bands around them that we brought from home so that they were as tight and baseball size as possible. <laughs> and that was my party trick. I was an athlete. So I would go out for t-shirt timeouts and I had this, this skill. I could point to a certain fan. I could hit about 30 rows up 
and I could hit people with like a 95% accuracy. And it just became what I was known for. And the funny part is that was me, right? That was where I stood out in this very unified and polished group of dancers. Um, and so that's just a really perfect story to share like the way that tags can kind of block us from showing up as our authentic selves. So it took me 13 years to tell that story that t-shirts was my jam. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, give, give me the shirt. She can throw it up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of but my that, directors, her, she said, my husband said, you're the only dancer that knows how to crow hop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm sure being, being the, the athlete that you were in, in softball and all that, like that all came out. Did you feel like a kid, like a kid again, kind of when you were just throwing them? Oh, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. When that t-shirt timeout started and, you know, towards the end of the game, they call it a hot timeout because they're, they're being called in game action. And so you're standing behind the scenes and you're just ready to storm the court at a moment's notice. And sometimes it would be a dance, but sometimes it would be a t-shirt timeout. Oh my gosh. That was my absolute favorite time of the game. And I would, I would storm out on that court and just, oh, it's like the best adrenaline to throw t-shirts how bizarre right you're like, you're like i'm gonna hit this kid right in the head <laughs> no no i would i would actually meet fans before the game i would i would always pick fans that were dressed in really recognizable things and i would ask where they were sitting and i would tell them all right i'm gonna get you a, i'm gonna get you a t-shirt and i became awesome. known for that so i would find them i would point to them and i would launch my t-shirt up there and i would i would hit you know how when you watch that at a game yeah. People are always like, like jumping over the person that it's thrown to. Um, And it was just exciting. It was fun to get our fans to feel really special. You know, a lot of people carry really hard stuff through their lives and they go to watch sports games or they go to watch concerts because they need an escape from their real lives. They need an escape from the heavy stuff that they live through every day. And so to be able to make a fan feel special in that way and get them just as something as simple as a t-shirt. Just, it was just so fun for me. Yeah. And you know, I mean, speaking from experience, like when you actually get something from a game, even if you go to like a baseball game and they like a bobblehead night, I mean, it's a great feeling, especially if it's like, you know, you're getting it, even though it's a, maybe a player, it's even better when you have someone tell you, Hey, I'm going to give you a t-shirt tonight. Be ready. When those t-shirts come flying, you look for me because I'm going to be looking at you. Like yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> B, is there, B, is there anything else that you'd like to say that you haven't already said? You know, um, if you're interested in learning more about Tear Out the Tags, we are starting a podcast on um, November 26th. It's Tear Out the Tags, the podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at Tear Out the Tags or Embolden Label. That's E-M-B-L-D-N Label. And our website is www.tearoutthetags.com. So if you are interested in joining the mission of both getting courage and confidence and being able to turn around and give courage and confidence to others, um, come check us out. Awesome. And learn how to throw t-shirts at people. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time, baby. Yeah. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the show. I hope you guys all enjoyed that one with B. You guys could tell she has a lot of charisma, and she is just a fun person to be around. She has a lot of great stories here. I uh, can't can't wait to post in the uh, Shaquille O'Neal moment in the show notes and hear back from what you guys think. And uh, you guys, uh, go give B a shout-out. All her stuff will be linked below. And uh, give her a thanks for coming on for today's show. I hope, thank you all for listening and tune in until next time.